everyone, this is Sire. This is Parma. And this is First Impressions. Today we'll be giving our thoughts on the opening week's episodes of While You Were Sleeping. While You Were Sleeping is a new fantasy, supernatural, legal romance drama airing on SBS from writer Parkerion, whom we know and love for her past shows, which include I Hear Your Voice, Pinocchio, and last year's three-episode Page Turner. It stars Lee Jong-suk as a newbie prosecutor and Bae Suzy as a woman who sees the future in her dreams. The show's promos tell us that these two will work together to prevent crime before they happen. But as ever, the official descriptions fall far short of everything we experience while actually watching the show. It's dreamy and introspective, as we've come to expect from this writer, with this lovely cinematography, which actually really puts me in mind of Goblin, visually speaking. So this writer is a favourite for both of us. I think I hear your voice is favourite for you and for me, right? Yeah, it's one of my top three. By the end of this, I kind of feel like how I felt in the early episodes of W, like excited, scared, excited, scared. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of W, it's kind of funny to see Lee Jung Suk go from like genius to dope. I mean, although that said, he seems pretty smart to me, if entertainingly dorky. Yeah, no, he seems less sly compared to the antagonistic character here, Lee Young Boom. Yo Boom's character is a bit too manipulative. The last time we saw this actor, he was uh, as a good guy who kind of makes your heart bleed and now he's a complete jerk it's great <laughs> oh my god yeah and i've hated him from the very first scene like even before we knew about the backstory between Lee Jong Sook's Jae Chan and Yu Byom you realize that this guy does not want Jae Chan to have a comfortable life in his new job as prosecutor the first thing he does is malign the guy oh he drips slime it's great i love it <laughs> I think around episode 3 when they had that whole freeze frame moment where you had the caption coming up at the oh, bottom yeah. with a oh, bad guy. I did not need that because clearly he's a bad guy. No, but wasn't it great how they were like the bad guy, the good guy and then the strange girl. <laughs> <laughs> and which takes us to Susie and I know that everyone complains about her. I think the only drama that people have liked her in was uh, another Parkerian drama which is Dream High which was a while back which I haven't watched. But I really like her in this I think you know Pakarian has this gift. How do you fill a show with sassy women but none of them are overpowering or annoying or pretentious? And that's true for all the shows that she's done. Can we talk about all of the connections there because it's like an alumni party when you have writers that you know or PDs because they have people they like to work with so you see the same faces coming up again and again in their dramas. So like in this one you have Namdaram playing Lee Jung-suk's younger counterpart which he's done before in Pinocchio so this is the second time except he used to be tiny and now he's huge um but more connections so you uh, in Pinocchio you know Shinjeha who is Lee Jung-suk's younger brother in While You Were Sleeping in Pinocchio he played Lee Jung-suk's older brother's younger counterpart so kind of you know come full oh, circle there Oh that's why he seems so familiar that's you've right seen, You've seen him in lots of things you might not remember but he was also in Cersei Gogo he was in a bunch of things Okay so we also have a cameo here from uh, or a special appearance from Kim Soyeon who was also in Pakeon's project last year the three episode uh, drama Page Turner where she was a pianist again all referencing itself but the fun thing is so you have Shinja who likes Kim Soyeon's character in this but in Page Turner they're enemies that they're, they're not friends at all so for anyone who shipped them in Page Turner they're squeeing every time they see these two together in this Ah <laughs> So 
then we haven't we haven't actually started talking about this show yet. And I kind of wanted to start by talking about Susie because she has been a controversial casting in pretty much every drama she's done in the last couple of years. Mm. So I wasn't sure if I was going to like her in this show, uh, especially cast opposite Lee Jong Suk, who is such a strong actor. But I was surprised. Maybe it was because of how her character has been written. I'm super relieved that by the fourth episode, which was the second hour, I am actually pretty fond of. Susie as Nam Hongju. But are you uncontrollably fond? <laughs> <laughs> I think what people are saying about Susie is that she might not be able to handle intense mellow. Some actors need to become more experienced before they can handle heavier dramas. But here, I have been surprisingly hooked by how she expresses her emotions. She's very natural and likable and you know, she reminded me of Ibo Young in I Hear Your Voice. Not that they're similar characters, they're not, but they have that similar kind of the refusal to be embarrassed. And I really like that. Coming to Lee Jong Suk, before Two Worlds came out, I was uncertain about how I would like Lee Jong Suk as a, you know, a fully mature adult character, mm. uh, an adult protagonist. Although we kind of got used to that from W, didn't we? I never got used to it. Okay, his face will always be like the high school boy face for me. <laughs> it, it's just difficult for me to see him as a full-grown man. However, I think it's also because of how Two Worlds was written. He was still kind of in transition between that high school boy and the adult man. Here, he has more gravitas. He is just so grumpy. It's adorable. <laughs> and for some reason, that really works. That convinces me more than anything else that this is a guy who's lived his life, who has had experience in life. So, yeah, I think this might be the role that um, solidifies Lee Jong-suk as a grown-up man for me. <laughs> I remember we talked about this when we were watching W and I was like, I can't buy him as a grown man when he should be wearing a school uniform. Like, I remember having that conversation. Yeah, and also the fact that he was supposed to be all suave and slick in, in W and I'm not used to Lee Jong-suk's character being suave and slick. I mean, do you remember him in Pinocchio? He had a bowl cut. <laughs> you don't go from that into suave. So what happened in the show? We were told, you know, Susie is a woman who dreams the future and he's a prosecutor who, you know, tries to stop stuff before they happen. So you watch the first episode and it's a complete, um, like a complete mind screw. Okay, from here on, this is the warning for anyone listening. From here on, total spoiler territory. If you don't want to know, just stop listening until... We'll flash you the minute on the screen uh, till the spoiler's done. Okay, so you can either mute or you can just jump to that particular minute on the screen. Right, so Susie has this dream. Like, this is basically why it reminds us of Secret. There's an accident, a hit and run accident, and the guy makes her take the full for it and that sets off a whole chain of events where it ends up with her mum dying which was the first premonition that she had and then a few months down the line like it ends with her killing herself too so at that point you're like you think you're watching how the drama's playing out and then Lee Jong Suk wakes up and you're like holy what the heck just happened <laughs> why is he dreaming it like it took me a while to figure it out so the moment Lee Jong Suk wakes up is the moment when in his dream he watches Nam Hongju, which is Suzy, commits suicide after all the tragedies in her life. So he wakes up and he is uh, pretty much convinced that all of this stuff is going to happen. But he looks out of his window and he sees Hongju's mom like cleaning her car. So clearly the mom's alive. And uh, the day hasn't even happened. The day right. when all of this stuff is supposed to happen, it hasn't even happened yet. So he tries to go about his normal day, only he keeps seeing signs that, you know, everything he had seen in his dream is starting to come true. 
I did have a hard time sort of bending my mind around what exactly was real and what wasn't. Like, the day that she'd experienced, because she had her dream, and she woke up and she told her mum, well, was he dreaming her having the dream? No, 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 no. I thought it was done really well, because if you remember, like, she woke up of a dream crying because she saw her, basically, she had this premonition about her mum dying because of an accident she caused. Mm. That was the thing that stuck with her. So I assumed that that was her part of the story. Yeah, so that was her part of the story, thing is that they did a transition really well i'll tell you why she finally confessed all this stuff to her mom then the camera kind of uh, zooms in on a calendar that shows 14th february and then it kind of you know transitions through 14th to showing uh Yubium, whom she's been dating buying flowers for her oh so that's where the dream starts yeah exactly that's where his dream starts where they show you 14th then it kind of transitions to Yubyum buying flowers for Hongju and then he meets her then she hurries back home he drives the car instead of her they skid on the snow end up killing someone and then yeah all of the horrible tragedies happen after that and then Lee Jong Suk who's prosecuting Hongju like some 10 months uh, later for that accident something that she hadn't caused to begin with uh, he watches her uh, jump off the roof so and that wakes him up from his dream so it's basically a 10 month long dream (laughs) that was one intense dream no wonder he had to act on it yeah so he manages to stop that horrible thing from happening he doesn't want to get involved but he keeps seeing that his dream everything he had seen was coming true and even though he doesn't know this girl he gets involved and he stops it from happening and the moment when he stops it it's witnessed by some other people and they think he's utterly insane of course they are suspicious of his motives but Hongju who has been living a Cassandra's life all her years she has known things are going to happen nobody believed her and she's been helpless to stop those things here's him try to explain that he was trying to save lives and she believes him mm. so that's the moment in the promos if you guys have seen it when she walks into his arms and says you know that she believes him so and that was beautifully done I, I loved how this entire scenario played out the thing that I really liked about the way their characters have been set up against each other is that now that we're in this situation where we know both of them have these clairvoyant dreams. The truth of Susie's life is that she can't change them no matter what, not just in the present but also in her personal tragedy in her past. She was never able to change it. And so when she meets Yi Jung-sook, you know, she believes him because she, you know, has those same dreams. But also, he's a revelation to her because he can change things. And that's, you know, something that she's never been able to do. And that's a really sort of an interesting leaping off point for the rest of the show. And you know the wall of notes that she has? Every morning she wakes up and she makes notes of the dream she had the night before Mm. to me those notes kind of represent the hope that she has that she'll eventually be able to stop some of these tragedies because why else would she be noting them down Mm, she's the eternal optimist yeah whereas his first reaction is that this is not what I do as a prosecutor I'm supposed to prosecute the criminals after the crime has been done I'm not supposed to go ahead and prevent it I can't handle the burden of knowing what the future holds like this and then feeling responsible if I can't stop it which is a perfectly sensible way to think about it but it's also instantly cynical you know Mm. so again I, I like the dichotomy between the two the other thing that 
we haven't yet found out about Susie's character, but I just uh, picked up in premise, is that she's actually a journalist. Oh, is she? I was wondering what she does, because she doesn't seem to leave her room much. Yeah, an unemployed journalist is what the Vicky description said. <laughs> but you know, the interesting thing about the show is, we already know by the end of episode four that whenever they leave out a piece of information, it's generally because... It means something big. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of like right now with the last piece of information that we got from episode four, I'm pretty scared about what's going to happen next. Me too, because their latest dreams have all the hallmarks of tragedy, tragedy, tragedy. And that's a good place to wrap, right? Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Tell us what your first impressions are down below and don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Bye.